Delicious Apple Podcasts, sponsored and hosted by the Biglerville Historical and Preservation Society. I'm Edie Sarnoff, the present president of the society, and I'm very honored to be with Pastor Craig Lowen today of the United Brethren Church in Heilersburg and Mount Olivet Church in Guernsey, who is now celebrating their 130th anniversary. Hello, Pastor Craig. How are Hello, you? Hello, and thank you for inviting me into your beautiful home. Well, thank I you. I have very fond memories of my all three sons taking piano lessons. That was a joy. And your desperate attempts to teach me <laughs> piano, but you did teach me how to read music, Yay. which really improved my ability to uh, serve in the choir and sing solos. So I appreciate that very much. That's wonderful to hear. I didn't know that. So that's great. <laughs> we're starting out on a great footing. Today, we're going to examine not only the past 26 years, that 27 years? Yes. That you've been a pastor at Heilersburg, but also Mount Olivet since 19, since 2005. Five. Okay. But also their first 100 years that we've now posted a blog post on our website about, and we'll give links below in the description about these things that you can access. But what would you most like to tell us about today? Well, in order to understand the 25 years of ministry that I've had there, we've got to go back a little bit further. Because any institution is built on the shoulders of the people that uh, have sacrificed uh, funds and time and service for. And uh, I really appreciated a lot of the research that you had done for uh, for Mount Olivet uh, to celebrate their 130th anniversary. Uh, But there was one thing that was left out, and that was I discovered when I was doing my own research, when I first uh, came to Heidlersburg in 19... uh, I want to get this right, 1996, um, I discovered that back in the 1800s, and the year was not recorded, there was a huge revival that Mm -hmm. occurred at the church. And the community was so overwhelmed by the spiritual empowerment that the church could not hold all the people. And when the preacher preached, they actually had to open all the windows because the people had to stand outside and did so with no problem despite the weather. Hmm. Uh, That's all I know because that's all the documentation that we have. I regret to say that uh, I have no documentation of the church's history except what is uh, kept in the historical archives in our denominational uh, uh, office in Huntington, Indiana. The reason is, is because all of that paperwork was stored uh, in a place that, that, be, that unknowing to us was in flood danger, and the water flooded to two feet uh, in depth, absolutely destroyed everything. Hmm. And so from, I, I guesstimate from, uh, from 1996 backwards, We have no documentation of church history, no record of baptisms, no record of church memberships or anything, except by word of mouth and, like I said, what is in the historical records. Right. Wow. So the booklet that we have in our uh, Historical Society Library in Biglerville is for the 100th anniversary. Yes, and that's very valuable. 
But it doesn't include all of those very carefully kept records. That Not have all gone. of them, but it is it is uh, it's very valuable for our research, and I appreciate that. Yeah, well, it's wonderful. The congregation that you have now is about. How many people did you say? Uh, approximately an average attendance right now is 17, but they are very faithful. Yeah. And um, when I first uh, came there in 2005, that was the average attendance as well. Um, before I came uh, there, they had a pastor. Um, well, Ogai Malat was the pastor before me, but unfortunately he was very ill could only serve a year before, unfortunately, he passed away. Before him, from 1988 to 1997, was Burton Lang. And if your uh, audience uh, knows Bert, they know that he was an absolute wizard when it came to piano. Oh. His piano playing was incredible. And uh, then after Ogai Malat, uh, from 1999 to 2004 was Murray Stevens, and uh, he left because, uh, uh, only because uh, he was offered a church very close to his home. All of these pastors had to travel a great distance. Mm -hmm. and, that was the, uh, and, and that was not beneficial to the church. I live exactly 10 miles uh -huh. away from the church, from my front door to the front door of Mount Olivet Church. And of course, I'm only across the road from Heidlersburg. Right. So uh, when I came into the situation, uh, Murray had resigned, and the denomination had decided that they were going to negotiate with the members to close the church. I see. And I'm a former Methodist, and Methodists, we don't close churches. Right. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I contacted them, and I said, look, I said, I grew up, my father was a Methodist minister, he had huh. always had three churches. He always had a three-point charge. I have no problem at all taking a two-point charge. So let me have Mount Olivet. So they talked to Mount Olivet, and Mount Olivet was very generous and very understanding. They moved their worship time from uh, 10 to 11 from, uh, to 9 to 10. And... Uh, uh, we've been going strong ever since with Wonderful. those 17 people. Is it a common thing for pastors in the United Brethren Church to have different points in no, their ministry? No, no. To the best of my knowledge, in all the UB churches across the United States, there are there's only me and two other pastors that pastor more than one church. Oh, my goodness. Well, wonderful that you can do that for mm -hmm. That's great. And it's been a real blessing. Um, I'll give you a little bit of history uh, past the uh, time that I took the church from 2005. I had the pleasure and the honor of working with a lovely lady by the name of Mildred Geis. And I'm, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are members of your audience that would remember Mildred. She knew everything and everybody. She knew that church inside and out. And she was what we call a gatekeeper. That is not an insult. That is the person who uh, makes sure that the church uh, operates uh, within its limitations, and yet she helped with everything, with the fundraisers, she helped with the special music, she helped with everything. I don't think that church would have survived without Mildred. And uh, 
it, it went to the point where, you know, if I did visitation, I would call Mildred and say, today I visited so-and-so. Had no problem doing that. I wanted her to know everything that I did uh, for the Mount Olivet Church. When she passed, I was terrified. Uh-huh. And for two years after she passed, some, if, if something happened that with me, with the church, I would immediately think to myself, oh, I've got to call Mildred. Oh, and no. uh, of course, you know, realization would set in immediately. And But, you know, what I loved about Mount Olivet is that the number of people that stepped up to take over uh, the finances of the church, to take over the running of the church, to take over the planning of the church uh, was, uh, it was, it was jaw-dropping. It was so inspiring. And uh, it was such a delight to see how many people just, you know, in that tiny little church just said, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. And everything that Mildred did, all of her uh, responsibilities were taken care of. Now, it took a little while uh, for uh, these new people to learn the responsibilities, but when they did, I would say that Mount Olivet is a well-oiled machine. Boy, that's wonderful. Yes. It's a great thing that it wasn't closed down and that it can continue for the next hundred years. Yes. And, you know, it's it's really interesting that uh, since I've been there since 2005, the number of people who have come and gone, no complaints on that because, you know, the back of every church is a revolving door. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, we had people come with uh, children. We had people come with other things, uh, with other families, and uh, they would fit right into the family. But then they would have to leave because either, um, I'm sorry to say, because of their passing or because uh, we didn't have a youth ministry and we never have been able to do. We Mount Olive is a very traditional church. Okay. Now, we do have some very... Tra- untraditional music okay. uh, in the church. We have Patty Fetro, we have Jean Greist, and uh, oh, the, they they start the worship service and they are so inspiring. There are times I don't want to really start the service. I just <laughs> like them to continue playing. And I know that you know these two ladies oh, yes. very well because uh, you have been involved professionally with both of them. And uh, I believe Jean is involved in the Historical Society. She does do some activities with us, and she's welcome to do more. It's wonderful. Yes. So uh, both of them. Uh, they both start the church service. Uh, Patty plays piano. Uh, Jean plays recorder, and she has a number of recorders. And forgive me, I don't know the, but it's a metal instrument. Her clarinet? Clarinet, okay. thank you. And uh, sorry, I can, <laughs> I, can, I can whip out lots of stuff about theology, but ask me about right. musical instruments, I'm, I'm, I'm out of my league. And it's just uh, wonderful the way that they start the service. And uh, another thing that uh, we had when we had children coming, I had what was known as a children's box. And what it would entail is that I would pass a sign-up sheet, and whoever signed up for that specific Sunday would put something uh, unique in that box. And at that point point of the service, I would have to open the box, take out whatever was inside, <laughs> and do an impromptu sermon. Oh, my. Okay. So after the children left, uh, 
the people didn't, they, they wanted to continue. So now we call it sermonette in a box. Oh, that's fun. And they have had some very interesting things in that box. And some of the things uh, took me very much by surprise. And uh, fortunately, Patty Fetro is able to, she's very creative and uh, is able, to, when I get stuck, I look at her with a hangdog look, you know, puppy eyes. And she says, well, think about this, Pastor. And I say, oh, okay, I can do that. And uh, so she helps me with that. So, you know, our, our services are very informal, uh, but they're very traditional. We sing traditional hymns. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, but our services go from... Uh, nine in the morning, and we have to end at 10. Right, because you have to go. I have to leave for Heilersburg. Okay. And their services start at 10.10. 10. I see. So since I preach the same sermon at both uh, churches, uh, they really enjoy that now because, you know, if they want to go to a restaurant, they get to stand in line first. So, <laughs> right. And I like to joke about it. I've been involved in nine different denominations. And uh, so when we leave uh, extra early, uh, like that, I say, okay, guys, this is this is good. Now you get to beat the Baptist to the restaurant, <laughs> and they, you know that's just a, a a joke I like to tell. And uh, so, but they they're done at ten o'clock. Um, they do have Sunday school that goes from ten to eleven, but uh, they don't have it during the uh, uh, summer months. Oh, okay. And sometimes during the month of December, I don't believe they have it as well because they're very busily involved in uh, some of the Christmas activities. Okay. So. And can you tell us about your anniversary celebration you just had on Sunday? Oh, yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, we had on Rally Day, we, uh, we had the Whispering Creek bluegrass come. I don't like bluegrass. Okay. I could listen to these people all day long. They're great. Oh, wonderful. But the thing is, is I can't listen to an entire concert. Okay. Because they've been at Mount Olivet several times, mm -hmm. and I always have to leave halfway during their concerts. Oh. <laughs> and so uh, I asked them to please come to Heidlersburg, and um, jokingly I said, I want you to put on a Christmas concert, but just for me. I'll be there the whole hour or however long it is there, and I will graciously invite everybody in the community <laughs> to come and listen with me. Right. But I am going to listen to an entire concert from... Uh, uh, Whispering Creek Bluegrass. That's going to be the uh, last Sunday. And uh, I forgive me, I don't remember. I don't know if that's going to be November 27th or 29th. Uh, what date is that going to be? 26th. The 26th. I struck out both times. <laughs> but it's going to be the 26th at 6 o'clock, absolutely free. Uh, we know it's going to be very well attended. And uh, a lot of people from Heilersburg and Mount Olive, it will be there. And that'll be in the Heilersburg Church. It will right? be at the Heilersburg Church, yes. Okay, wonderful. So, and I, I love the fact that uh, Mount Olivet is so eager to put on concerts. Nice. And so we do have special music, but we did a little bit of celebration of our 130th anniversary. But last Sunday, uh, we did a 130th anniversary, and uh, we had some special guests there that uh, uh, grew up in the area and attended the church or had family that attended the church and then I had a, uh, I wouldn't call it a sermon, but a review of the history of the church. 
I used your research okay. quite a bit. Yeah, that was Peggy Williams who put that together. Oh, oh, I'm so. going to have to give her credit. Yeah. Sorry, Peggy, if you're listening to this, I apologize. <laughs> Next Sunday, I promise to give you full credit. Um, but I, I used uh, information then from Peggy, and I also used information, a little bit of information from Jean, and a little bit of information from the historical archives in Huntington. Nice. And I was able to talk about the legacy. And the point that I was getting across was that no institution, whether it be a church or a secular institution, stands on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said previously, um, it stands on the shoulders of giants. The, the, the generations and people who have put in so much, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be the, uh, the, the Apple Museum or whether it be uh, Heidelberg Church or Mount Olivet Church or whatever church uh, our listeners are uh, are part of or whatever organization our listeners are part of. And we need to honor those people because the organization would not be there right. if it was not for their sacrifice. Right. And I'm sure they want to thank you for stepping up and keeping them from closing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. It's a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to tell people that uh, they ask me, why did you take two churches? And I jokingly say, well, when I just had Hydersburg, I got in too much trouble. So they just said, here, here's a second church. Now behave. Keep yourself you know? <laughs> busy. <laughs> do you do a lot of joint activities with two churches? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, when it comes to uh, Easter and Christmas. Okay. Uh, Easter, we do uh, joint activities. Uh, uh, what I do is that uh, I have what is known as a tenebrae service. And only Hydersburg is big enough for the tenebrae service. So Tenebrae is held on Good Friday. And so uh, I get people involved from Mount Olivet, and we put on the Tenebrae. But Good Thursday Communion then is done at Mount Olivet. And the next year we switch. Oh, okay. And uh, the Good Thursday Communion is at Mount Heilersburg. And then uh, the Good Friday service then is at Mount Olivet. And then on Easter itself, we have a, a sunrise service. And uh, there are four churches involved in that. Mount Olivet is deeply involved in that uh, Easter uh, sunrise service. And then we all go up to the Heidersburg Fire Department and we have a breakfast. Oh, nice. Yeah, I bought all the food and we get volunteers from the Heidersburg Fire Department to cook the, cook the food. And uh, it's, a, it's, it's always a, ch- uh, a challenge for me to make sure we have enough bacon. Because oh. uh, those people from those four churches <laughs> eat so much bacon. And... <laughs> So I, I think I buy out most of the stores when it comes to bacon. That's funny. But we serve ham and, and uh, uh, scrambled eggs and all sorts of pancakes. I mean, it's a really great breakfast, completely free. I just ask for a donation. I get two buckets, uh, one toward the food and one toward the Heidelberg Fire Department. And I ask the people that uh, if they err in judgment there to put the money in the Heidelberg Fire Department. And we have never, ever gone in, in the red Nice. ever because of the generosity of the people and i don't tell them how much we spend on the food is that open to the public uh not actually okay but if they the i'll tell churches. you this if they come to the uh easter sunrise service we're gonna i won't yeah complain if they right. come to the sunrise <laughs> breakfast so well that's great is there anything you'd like to add about this wonderful occasion of the 130th uh, I, I'm just honored to be the pastor of that church and, and of Heidelberg. They have been 
so understanding, especially uh, with the health recent health challenges that I have concurred. Um, two years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. Uh, my prostate was removed, but unfortunately too late, and the cancer metastasized. So I am on very powerful medication that is very effective. Good. <laughs> it has frozen the cancer, and the cancer has not spread. And I'll be taking this uh, medication for the rest of my life. But unfortunately, there are devastating oh. side effects. And uh, both churches have been so patient with me uh, as I deal with some of these uh, side effects. And um, I'm hoping by the grace of God that uh, uh, the, the, the cancer doctor I see says that the cancer will never go away. I have to take this medication for the rest of my life, but uh, I'm hoping that the great physician might uh, bring me a, a, a second opinion. That would be great. <laughs> yes, it would be. But I want to thank you so much sure. for this opportunity. And, uh, you know, I would like to invite uh, everybody who's listening to the podcast to, the doors are always open, but if you have a church of your own, I please uh, respect the church that uh, you are involved in. Uh, support it uh, with your finances and service and worship there. But if, if there might be any uh, listeners that don't have a church of their own, uh, I will tell you that Mount Olivet is always open. Uh, there is no dress code. We have the best music in the world. And uh, even though we're a small church, there's always an empty pew for full families. That's great. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for joining us. This has been a wonderful treat to see you again. And mm -hmm. thanks for sharing all your wisdom and knowledge of the history. And we'll put some links down in the description to find more of our podcasts and blog posts and more about Mount Olivet. So thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again next time. <laughs>